0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in on this week's episode. I interviewed Bob Burnett of Barefoot Mining. Bob has been on the show before he did, uh, had him on last year. We talked about his article, uh, where he, he discussed, uh, Bitcoin mining, needing more wild horses, which is, you know, the mid range size and, and, uh, decentralize it more. So I wanted to have him on as part of, you know, the Bitcoin mining series that we're doing, um, since I'm getting into it, um, Bob and I are talking about doing some different things in Bitcoin mining, but uh, also I wanted to have him on to just get like the tips and tricks for, you know, new miners. And then we kind of just get deep into the thought process behind mining and, and a lot of the theories behind it. When's the having going to happen? Is the having priced in all those types of things? So I think you'll really enjoy this conversation with Bob. And I also uh want to thank Upstream Data. I think I mentioned in the episode that I got a black box, but um, thank you to Upstream Data. Go to upstreamdata.ca and you can check out more information about the black box. But yeah, we talk about, you know, and we're really trying to spur up. I mean, this is a great opportunity for anyone that's looking to invest into Bitcoin, but wants to invest in different ways. Um, You know, it's, it's a you can invest with your KYC free sats, you can invest in a company that's doing mining and maybe doing a smaller operation off of stranded natural gas, which is something that I'm starting to turn my attention towards. So I will tell you guys as we go along in that journey. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, we have stranded natural gas. I live in Western Pennsylvania, so it is all over the place and, um, having those conversations and making everything work, um, to make sure that we can, uh, you know, maximize that and get uh, some Bitcoin mined. So, yeah. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks, as always, to the BitBox 2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off and get yourself a hardware wallet, the Bitcoin-only hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. And thank you to Movies Plus. Go to mymoviesplus.com or search Movies Plus in the app stores. There is five Bitcoin docs plus the Natalie Brunel Hard Money Show up there. And you can use the promo code Swan to get one year of movies plus for twenty dollars so do that and thanks as always to Swan Bitcoin for uh, partnering with us and getting that show out there but also uh, you know the promo code um, and yeah if you guys have any questions just email me Bitcoin made simple podcast at gmail.com Thanks so the picture behind you I don't think I have asked you about it before, yeah. And we've done several Zooms, so so what is that picture? Yeah, for this is going to be difficult for the people uh, so, that are I'll just listening. I don't know if
1: anybody. Go this? So, um, this is a picture from uh, Bitcoin 2022 in Miami, and um, it was in the uh, the Wentworth region there. Oh, okay. There was a large mural painted, and they had. A lot of cartoon characters. So this is, you know, Simpsons and uh, I don't. What was the Scrooge McDuck? Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. He's um, so the we got the laser eye Simpson, and then right there, that's my wife, actually. Um, oh, nice! Uh, right, right in front of it. Yeah. So um, you know, she's uh, uh, she's a Bitcoiner too. Very, uh, um, very passionate Bitcoiner uh as well and she's yeah. in the fitness fitness industry um so i uh, love getting her picture taken so, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> especially at a bitcoin event right
1: yeah yeah but i just i you know i love the color i love the the bee. i love the laser eyes you know oh yeah no was, that's
0: really cool it's funny because it now that you say it was at the conference i'm like oh yeah i remember that but like just getting that little part of it i was like I was like, wow, did somebody like make that? Or, you know, like thought so maybe you yeah. had like somebody paint that up for you or something.
1: No, no, no. no. We just used what was there. Yeah. So it was really I don't know if it's still there. I got you actually going to Miami next week for Mining Disrupt, which is a big uh, mining conference. And um, I know I'm else, having else. FOMO
0: now because I didn't even know this <laughs> conference existed until yeah. I talked to Steve Barber. And then I started looking. And I'm like, oh, my God, I should have been going. I should have been going.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah I'll be seeing Steve there, and uh, yeah he uh,
0: it, uh, it, it, it there's it looks like some crazy stuff that's going to be there,
1: yeah well, you know it, it what happens i think mining mining is kind of interesting, i guess as we're talking about this in that i think in most bitcoin conferences um and i I, I go to several through the year it it gets relegated to kind of a corner and you know there may be a stage i speak frequently at these kind of events but you know we we never get the main stage we never get the you and know,
0: it's not the sexiest part of the business that's for sure
1: it should well, be well I, I mean that's a matter of taste for me yeah. it is but <laughs> but, but that's, i think that's but for I, the
0: people that have never turned on uh that've never turned on an s19 or you know a what's minor and seen it actually hum yeah
1: yeah well there's something exciting about that and i you know i think there should be more frankly i think it is the you know it's the heartbeat of what we do you know it know, we have we have nothing without the miners right you know and whether you're a guy running you know one s9 in your garage or you're a bigger commercial operation you know part of that and you know what what happens approximately every 10 minutes is the essence of what we do and you know the 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 monetary system is controlled through that and Mm -hmm. i think at a minimum you know i talk to a lot of people and i think a lot of people even even pretty ardent bitcoiners have a very cursory level understanding of mining and how it works um uh the issues that miners face um maybe um you know, vulnerabilities and, and, and issues that, that it will face. I think I see people spew some of the mantra, like, well, it, it you know, it's important because it stabilizes the grid or it, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of times there's a lot of people talking about things they really don't understand. And, and.
0: I'm finding that out myself because there was a lot of, basically boilerplate statements that i said beforehand and now here i am you know like three months into bitcoin mining and and talking i think like 50 percent of my podcasts over the last quarter have been basically mining focused and yeah. i'm like man i didn't really know what i was talking about like <laughs> and I, I it's gonna be a long time before i know what i'm talking about but uh but it's kind of like that ar- the article that i wrote for bitcoin magazine about like the understanding bitcoin and like you're going to think you're you know it all right away and yeah. then you're going right. to slowly realize oh i don't know anything um yeah. so with the mining i'm trying to keep my mouth shut and just sit here and learn <laughs> cuz there's there's a lot of nuance to it um yeah. and you know it it like but i do love the fact i mean i, I tell people all the time the one thing i do know is it it is amazing to have that machine running and then just look and be like wow that is sending like no kyc sats directly to a wallet and like all i have to do is turn that machine on
1: yeah that's phenomenal and there are you know there are things about the network that um, like here's an example people people think a block gets processed every 10 minutes that's Mm -hmm. not true Mm -hmm. um in fact it's honestly never been true the number of blocks mined at 10 minutes is minuscule yeah. It's purely chance that, um, no, I, I might be slightly behind. So people out there bear with me, but the last time I ran the numbers, um, the average block time since the beginning was nine forty-one. Now that was probably, I probably ran that early this year. Okay. okay. So nine minutes and 41 seconds. So, well, why, why is that? Well, it's because basically the difficult way, the difficulty adjustment is it's a backward looking. Adjustment. So it says, hey, in the previous 2016 blocks, what was the average time? Well, on the whole, the network has been growing, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when it looks back, it constantly underestimates the next two-week period or the next 2016 blocks. So that means it comes faster. So, um, I think if you, again, if you pull the math, forgive me, anybody out there that actually runs the numbers right now, maybe I'm off slightly, but what it really means is that on average, about 150 blocks a day get processed, have gotten processed instead of 144. So if you do 10 minutes times, you know, which is six times per hour times 24 hours, that's 144. So that would be the normal blocks in a day, but because we've been running a little hot, Historically, it's actually about 150 blocks a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's an interesting thing: we, um, we're, you know, we've just had three negative difficulty adjustments in a row. Um, all kinds of factors, price being down, down, um, the the Texas heat. You know, there's different different yeah. factors. Um, and so what's that done? Well, it's slowed it down. So we've actually been so when when you see a negative difficulty adjustment, what that also means is that in that 2016 block period, it less per day are getting processed. And it might be, you know, 130, 135. Um, and so so what's kind of interesting is um again these are like we're we're talking down kind of a layer to probably where most people think but it's really not 10 minutes it's really not every 10 minutes and the ramifications of that in the grand scheme of things aren't huge but but the network's constantly kind of speeding up and slowing down and right now it's slowing down and so just as another you know ramification now i expect these de- negative difficulty adjustments are gonna end and the, the network will, will um, <clears throat> global hash will start um, uh, increasing again. Mm-hmm. So, um, but about a month, so I have, a, I have a, a calculator that I've developed myself where I predict global hash rate. Um, and so for me, I predict the next halving at the very end of March. Cause I actually think we're gonna see a fair amount of recovery and then we're gonna we're gonna accelerate. We're gonna see more than the 150 blocks a day even It'll probably be like that. Mm-hmm. Well every time that happens, it's moving forward to having, right? Mm-hmm. So now others, and I, I respect other people have other algorithms. Other people think it could be as late as uh, early June. So you know, and I think they're taking kind of more the present rate, that it's running at and kind of projecting, you know, maybe not much growth and kind of some actually, it, well, and actually some reversals, right? So if people shutting down and less miners, or right, right, and so that moves the having out. So, but I, I'd say, you know, the having somewhere in that window, the end of March to the early part of June. But if you're in the Bitcoin business, that's a pretty freaking important date, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you're you're. And so um, as a miner, uh, I'm well, to a certain as long as you if you already have your equipment up, I guess it doesn't really matter because you're going to be part of mining those blocks, whether they're coming fast or coming slow. Mm -hmm. But if you're a guy who hasn't got his equipment up yet. Right. So you haven't Mm -hmm. started. You're really rooting for that June date because you want as much time it's possible to get, to get in there uh-huh. So there are, you know, again, we're we're kind of like things that probably only miners think about at, you know, when you get down another level, but, but, you know, big deals, like, cause when, you know, when you're looking at the ROI on an investment and I know you personally, you know, are, are, are involved in some things now, those affect your pro forma. Mm-hmm. um, And then, you know, we can speculate by the way too, on what does it mean for price? Yeah. Personally, I think um, that, that the having has a big, big deal on on on, uh, on price, and that that um, we don't have to actually get to the having to feel the effect of the having. Mm-hmm. That the market reacts psychologically like it does to a lot of things, like just like if the Fed says it's if people think the fed is going to raise rates or lower rates at the next meeting the market the reacts markets start reacting now yeah yeah so we live in this world where people you know what is that you know uh, uh buy the news or how does it work it? yeah God, uh, rates, uh, buy the rumor sell the news yeah there you go there you go buy the rumor sell the news and i think it's kind of that same thing for us that i think people are people know the having is a big deal And so you'll start seeing acceleration um, as soon as it gets close. And I guess, you know, we'll, we'll see what close is, Mm -hmm. but if, if it's, let's say it's late, let's say I'm right late March of 2024. If that's the halving point, then maybe we'll see, um, I don't know, the summer of 2023 we'll start people saying, well, I'm going to I'm going to buy bitcoin now because I expect there to be a um a spike at the having mm-hmm. but it moves not the actual having itself but it moves the effect of the having earlier and earlier earlier and earlier yeah because yeah.
0: uh. people I mean the, as soon as the fomo kicks in and they start yeah. it starts ramping up um yeah, it's it's interesting to um, think about because so when people say is the having priced in, you know, if you're on Bitcoin Twitter at all, you probably hear that a lot. What exactly yeah. explain it in your terms, what that means, because, I mean, I think I have my understanding of it, but I don't think I could explain it well enough. Um, so how do you explain it? And I'm not saying whether or not you agree if the having is priced in, but you know, the theory behind it. And then I'd like to know what you think.
1: Yeah. Well, first I guess, you know, why does the having matter? Maybe, you know, and and, and, you know, the the having matters because right now the mining, the miners, I will go back to the 10 minute block times. If there were 10 minute block times and they're approximately right. Um, that means that 144 times a day 6.25 bitcoin are being paid uh, uh, to the miners as a reward for their efforts excluding fees but the but those 6.25 the material part of of that is that that's new coins in circulation new mm-hmm. currency in circulation because of because of that, versus the fees, which are um, coming from money that was already in circulation, right? Mm-hmm. So, when the having comes, we'll go from typically nine hundred ish per day to four hundred and fifty per day. So, it it so there are there are a lot of people, myself included that believe that the bitcoin price is heavily dictated by the cost of production now i also believe that you know just basically it's you know you it's it it's not a hundred percent cost of production nor is i think it exactly a hundred percent um i guess just market price objective. uh they'd normally call it like marginal utility or I think it would be the economics term. Right. So mm-hmm. I think the, but the, I think the price is heavily influenced by the cost of production because effectively what it means is that um, like if you, if you look at it from a stock to flow kind of perspective and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying stock to flow like as a price prediction model, but yeah. stock to flow as a um, mechanism in the um, as, as a, as a moderator of the money supply, mm-hmm. it now means that, that that inflation just cut in half, the money supply is increasing by half, and it means that in in my part in my mind, it means that that all of the Bitcoin that's already been mined effectively increases in value as a result by, by that, by that slowdown. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a complex thing. I don't think it's any one thing, but bottom line is, is there, there are also arguments within the industry. You know, what is the current cost of production? Like for Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. some people might say it's eight to $10,000. I personally would put it more in the mid to high teens right now as Mm -hmm. typical cost of production we can talk about that yeah um, yeah. a little bit later but but effectively that just doubles overnight right when the halving hits boom that doubles overnight yeah so if you believe that's my long-winded way of saying if you believe that cost of production is a significant player in dictating the market price well it doubled overnight therefore i guess you know the the logical extension would be well the price should double overnight or mm-hmm. you know or you know and if it was um well we'll just leave it there well yeah so, so when yeah. people no go ahead so when people say this is the having priced in this is kind of what i was getting at before you know at some point we know give or take, let's say that two and a half month window that I talked about when the halving's coming. That's what's really unique about Bitcoin. You know when that's coming in a pretty tight window. Mm-hmm. And if you believe some semblance of what I just said, that the cost of production doubles and it affects the price, well, if you're a, if, you, if you're not a miner, the other way to play the game would be to buy Bitcoin early ahead of it and sit and wait so um this will be the fourth halving so i think we're at a point where it's not going to sneak up on anybody anymore yeah
0: i didn't (laughs) even know what the halving was until the day came last time i yeah i had no idea i was getting i i understood oh yeah they're printing money this is a mess okay bitcoin does make sense there's only 21 million and i remember waking up and going on twitter and seeing like i think it was pomp like Posted happy Bitcoin having day. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? All my Bitcoin's getting cut in half? Like I thought my I thought the value, yeah. you know, what the hell is going on? And then yeah. I was like, ooh, that's a pretty cool feature. Um yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it's a phenomenal feature. And and it's, you know, part of the brilliance of the algorithm is is right there. Um, but you know, it goes back to the fundamental tenet of Bitcoin. We have a system whereby we know exactly what's going to happen with the money supply and Mm -hmm. um you know by block at least and we can extrapolate within pretty reasonable time frames um uh you know when when in real time right because there's blockchain time or the time chain you know and then Mm -hmm. there's there's real world in reality it's tied to the time chain or the blockchain but Mm -hmm. but we can extrapolate it to the real world because the bounds <clears throat> under, under uh, unless there's some sort of absolutely catastrophic thing, the algorithm adjusts. So if we, if we lose a phenomenal amount of hash rate, like happened in the China situation, then the block time goes from 10 minutes, nine and a half to 10 minutes in that range to 16 to 20. It slugs through that and 2016 set block. Um, another subtlety a lot of people don't know about is that the maximum adjustment is twenty five percent, though. Mm-hmm. So it can't, it won't adjust radically um, You're not to respond have that. to one time. It'll take a couple difficulty adjustment cycles, you know, to get there if it's sustained. Because if it's not, if it, I think um, Satoshi, obviously I'd love to have a conversation with Satoshi, but you know, what was yeah. he thinking? But, but I think in that part of the algorithm, the thought process was, well, there certainly could be a series of events where for a short period of time, you could lose a lot of hash. But then if you make the difficulty adjustment and then it all comes back too quickly, you can get a race where mm. the blocks are coming too fast they're essentially empty mm. because you know there's like if like if it yeah if, if there's a no transaction of the process right because well just imagine a situation you have you just say you have x amount of hash doesn't matter right you lose 90 percent of it now um you slug through and you get through uh, you make the difficulty adjustment, but you you decrease by a factor of uh, nine, right? Mm-hmm. And and so make it that much easier. And then boom, all the all the hash comes back online because maybe it was just ERCOT was out or you know so, something like that, and now it's back. And now what happens is the blocks instead of coming every ten minutes are coming every minute and a half. Well, there's not enough transactions to fill those blocks and so the money supply is being increased and um nothing's happening right i mean this mm-hmm. we're 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 about proof of work but i think a component of that part of the work part that guessing to talk about is transactions are getting added to the to the chain and and that's not happening because mm-hmm. if that, ha- that so let's say that happens then in that situation then you revert uh, then you'd adjust back to the 10 minutes right mm-hmm. um and that might happen in four or five days instead of you know in two weeks so the good news is it wouldn't last forever but the 25% adjustment um helps a helps little bit mitigate in, that in that situation now there's a i wrote an article in february for bitcoin magazine you and i may have even talked about it in a different one called satoshi's heel which is if you so, get man. into the really Gory details of this. Um, there are there are some vulnerabilities that the network has to watch out for. Where um, so anybody that's interested in it, uh, Bitcoin Magazine. Search my name and and uh, uh, Satoshi's heel, and you'll find the article. If you if you really want to get into, I'll the post numbers, it, but it like, you know, yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, but it goes something like this. Imagine a world where the mining network got super centralized. Um, let's say there's let's say there's forty sites in the world, most of them in a place like Texas or a, a given location, you know a given kind of geographic proximity. And they represent ninety nine percent of the hash. Now, um some event this could be a natural disaster it could be a government takeover it could be an act of terrorism there's a variety of different scenarios knocks all of that out at once and it does it right before or right after a difficulty adjustment but i okay Mm -hmm. so Meaning that basically you're 2,016 blocks away from creating an adjustment, and you you've just lost 99% of the hash. So instead of 10 minute block times, you're gonna have like, or I'm going off the top of my head. It's in the article, but let's just say for argument's sake, 18 hour block times, mm-hmm. and. Let's also say that the, the, what I call the rabbits and you know, the small, medium sized guys and the horses, they've already been essentially put out of business, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's nobody else out there. Well, there's not even a little bit of, of hash to come back and fill the gap. So what happens is those 2016 blocks, instead of taking two weeks, approach a year to get through. Hmm. And, no transactions are being processed and added to the chain in that time. And so if you then think through, well, um, you know, what happens with exchanges? It means, you know, people can't get money off of exchanges. Another reason mm-hmm. not have money on your exchange, right? But, yeah. um, you know, you could have money on exchanges. You can't close a lightning channel. You can't. Um, obviously, you and I, if, if I wanted to buy your car, Corey, you and I, you know, we couldn't might have to, would, to wait forever to, to get the confirmation through. And I think it's not that the network was failing. I mean, all the all the same um the integrity would be there, the the transactions would be occurring, they'd just be occurring so slowly. And if um if as a network the world was counting on Bitcoin as a base layer. monetary Mm -hmm. system or it was a global reserve asset or things like that then that would be obviously it would just kill the world uh economy economy (laughs) everything yeah so i bring this up um i think it's a highly highly improbable situation like Mm -hmm. it's it's uh you know it's up there with a spun a sunspot you know taking us out or an asteroid hitting the earth or something like that but it's non-zero, but it's a non-zero chance of happening. And so I, I wrote the article and I even talk about it now just because it's entirely preventable. All, all we have to do is have just a little bit, and this is in the article too, but basically my calculation says if we just have like 15% of the hash, um, ideally 30, but f- even 15% of the hash in the hands of the rabbits and the horses and the plebs and the, you know, folks out mm-hmm. there, we're fine. You know, it, it, the, the network, it would suck for a difficulty adjustment or two, but those mm-hmm. difficulty adjustments, maybe instead of being two weeks, might take 30 days, you know Um, we'd get through it, I guess, but yeah, we'd but, adjust and,
0: and, and that's, so the healing is all from the, the 25% Uh, limit you're suggesting.
1: No, actually, it starts working. In that case, it works against you. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because the hash isn't coming back. So it's probably a scenario. Satoshi, that's why I'd love to talk to him, among other things. But I'd like to say, hey, did you think about this one? You have this Mm -hmm. scenario.
0: Yeah, did you play this one out?
1: Yeah, and I it's all the game theory stuff. But I believe that, I, you know, I mean, he made a brilliant system. I don't think anything needs to be changed. I don't think it should be changed. I think the scenario he protected against, which is a lot of hash coming off, but then it coming, but ensuring that that we don't make too radical of adjustment because it probably will come back on quickly, is a better, or likely scenario than this massive centralization and then it's down for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But you know, I do think. And I think Corey and I have talked about this before. I what I call the elephants, um, which are you know the big sites, the fifty megawatt, hundred megawatt, two hundred megawatt, four hundred megawatt. Mm-hmm. It's okay if there's a few of those sites out there. I, it's still not what I would do, um, but you know the companies doing them have the right to do it. And um, in individually or a handful of them, they don't they don't matter much. You know if they represent but i but i one of the reasons i call them elephants is while they're big and powerful um they're also easy to hunt and yeah. you know versus the reason i call the rabbits like maybe the the thing you're trying to do personally you know you puts you uh, as a rabbit you actually getting to be a bigger rabbit but uh-huh. you know um but a, a rabbit nevertheless so you know rabbits rabbits are are um, harder to hunt than than elephants, and there's a whole bunch of them. Even if you shoot a couple rabbits, what have you really done? Nothing, right? Uh-huh. But you, you shoot a couple elephants, and and uh, and I think they're targets. They become endangered s- real quick. Yeah, and um, there's a there's a uh, a Senate testimony. Uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, interviewing. I should interviewing, but but asking questions to the um, Secretary of Energy. Uh, Granholm is her name, I believe. Uh, May 20th, anybody that wants to look it up, maybe I'll, I can provide you a link for the show notes too, Corey. Yeah. And um, she said to the, the Secretary of Energy, she said, um, you know, I'm going to read it to you because it's, it's phenomenal. But, but basically what she's doing is really foreshadowing that she's coming for these people. And she's coming um, for the elephants. She's coming. Yep. She is coming. And uh let's see, it's right there. So um, I'm actually even while well I'm looking it up, I mean, I'm even a little concerned right now about you know what's coming with these executive actions from the president, you know, is is he coming for us?
0: Yeah, I mean those are coming but, today, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. But let me read you this real quick, just a very short thing. Question from Senator Warren directed to Secretary Granholm. Senator Warren, does the federal government currently know how many crypto miners are operating in the U.S. and how much energy they are consuming? Response from Senator or from Secretary Granholm. No, the DOE does not explicitly track electricity consumption associated with cryptocurrency operations, and I would love to work on you, with you, on making sure this happens. So, hmm. I mean, it's it's a it's a straight admission that we are on their radar. That we have, you know, a, a powerful senator and the secretary of energy saying, "No, we we want to figure out who you people are. We want to know who you it. are, where you are, and how much you're using." Hmm. Obviously, there's one of there's only one of two reasons to do that. Either we want to turn you off, or we want to you know, tattoo. tax the tax you right. <laughs> Neither one sounds very appealing to me.
0: No, um, no,
1: that or even yeah, or even right. I mean, I think it's ethically and morally wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they they can go pound salt.
0: For all I'm concerned, I mean, you know, you can't. Uh, just the amount of control that they're trying to get um, over people is insane, and. You know, I don't like what happened with the Texas grid. I don't think that I don't see that as a good thing that like, I think the miners should have been compensated for turning off, you know, be like, you know, instead of making it like, Oh, Hey, Oh yeah. You need energy. Sure. We'll shut off. Like you need energy. Okay. We'll sell it to you. Like,
1: yeah, I think some of them do have that arrangement. They the do. Authority. Okay. I think, yeah, I think they do get compensated for when they're off, well, That's um, good, but but not all of them. And, um, you know, I I mean, I'm certainly not going to sit here and say, hey, if if there's a choice between directing power to the ICU or a nursing home that, um, you know, directing it to a a Bitcoin miner or, you know, a warehouse or, you know, whatever is, is, is a... It's not appropriate. I don't have any problem with some some a little bit of prioritization there. Mm -hmm. But but as you said, I think there should be compensation when that happens. And what I really am afraid of though is when people like Elizabeth Warren start making lists. And we won't have to go down it, but but just think about in history what happens when governments start making lists of people yeah you know, and doesn't end well yeah it just doesn't end well right
0: <laughs> i mean we we've seen that with everything with covid and you know yeah. i mean there was a i saw a video of a woman old older lady who was vaccinated unable to to get into canada because she didn't have the app To scan the QR code. So she had to quarantine for 14 days just because she didn't have the scannable barcode that they eventually want to tattoo on your body. I'm sure, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We know that's funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That, that is the part that scares me a little bit. Um, but ultimately I think the United States is set up in a way to hopefully, um, preserve that, uh, you know, with yeah. the jurisdictional arbitrage and, you know, if they, well, if they become a mess in one place, go somewhere else.
1: Yeah. I think that that's the preserving the integrity of, of state rights, you know, has never been more important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that power is a big deal. There was a, an EPA ruling last month, or not an EPA ruling, Supreme Court ruling on um, this, It was a, a case, state of West Virginia against the EPA, and it didn't get a lot of publicity, but I'm not sure why. But basically, the the EPA was trying to come in to West Virginia and dictate standards about power production and and clean air standards and things like that and 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 the state of West Virginia challenged it and said no we have the right to make our own decisions about what you know what yeah you know what what pow- how we're going to produce power and what the standards are and they won thank god because if they hadn't won that would
0: have set a bad case. precedent
1: it would set a bad precedent that no, the the federal government can come in because it, it related around coal plants. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can dictate, you know, yourself, whether that's good or bad. I'm not making a statement on that. What I'm making a statement on is that I think individual states should have the right to determine what means of power production are appropriate for their state. Mm -hmm. Um, and what safeguards, you know, where, you know, what standards make something clean or d- dirty? Because, you know, it comes, you may have heard this on a, if you extend that same thing kind of to an international level, to for, for, for Western countries who have a certain standard of living to go to um, a third world country, who's just trying to bring its people up and say, well, you can't produce you have to produce power with solar and wind let's say and you can't use any of these fossil fuels um when those are much more efficient means of providing energy to their people Mm -hmm. um that's a pretty big moral judgment i mean you know that i i I believe and and i'm sure they will believe as a sovereign country that no we're going to make that decision ourselves and if the f- carbon footprint impre- increases because of it, or we have to live with a certain um, level of air quality or, you know, whatever, well, hell, we, th- they have people burning wood in their backyard for, you know, for heat, for, for heat and to cook their meals. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is an improvement. You can't force us to these less efficient, higher capital expense forms of energy production. Mm-hmm. And I think that same thing extends to the states like that's, you know, the unique construction of the United States is that same argument applies. I believe. Across, the yeah. state. And, you know, and um, and then. At an individual level. For the government to track. So, you know, you you're a minor now. So mm-hmm. um, now if you're off, part of the reason I'm a big advocate of off-grid is because of some of the things we're talking about, mm-hmm. but let's say you're a home miner on grid, well, do, how would you feel if the government at stage one comes and says, well, you know what, you, you're consuming um, 10,000 kilowatt hours uh, per month. Doing Bitcoin mining and three thousand kilowatt hours. Doing everything else, we're gonna we're gonna charge you two x the rate on the ten thousand that we would on the three thousand because because we've determined that that is a abuse of the system and it provides no good. Well, you know, next year they might decide Christmas tree lights should fall in the same category mm-hmm. and then microwave ovens and then pool heaters soldering irons. Like, like where, where's the hot line? water you, tanks, you know? Yeah. Your hot water heater is a great example. If Furnaces. You don't, you don't need, yeah. Yeah. Where so get who, your
0: government sponsored blankets, you know?
1: Right. Right. So I think you can't. Yeah. So that's, that's the scary shit. That's why that's why I get passionate about it. Um, there's a new organization that I've endorsed and I'm on the board of advisors called the, uh, Sa- uh, Satoshi action fund, uh, led by Dennis Porter. I was on a meeting yesterday with a lot of other, you know, um, people passionate about this from other mining companies like, like bit farms and, um, you know, people with government lobby backgrounds, people like, uh, Foss and, uh, Greg Foss and, and, uh, Lawrence Lepard, um, you know, but we're all, we're all trying to fight this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the way I'll, the way I say it is, I think what we have to do is you don't want the fight to be, I'll say this to all of you, because all the people listening, because you, you you'll end up in a fight at some point with somebody about this, right. About mm-hmm. boiling the oceans. And I think stay away from trying to argue about whether or not proof of work is better than proof of stake whether or not bitcoin uses too much energy or not and and make the argument about right to use the outlet in your house or your business as you see fit you know do you do you want somebody else to decide what the appropriate use of that energy is and and um, if you're if you're arguing with somebody that believes that a central authority should have that right, then you're going to lose. the argu- You're not going to lose the argument, but you're never going to you're not going to make gonna any headway them. if you can convince them that, hey, this thing could go anywhere. You know, are are you part of, you know, like as, I know in certain areas of the country, like there's always that that neighborhood that has all the Christmas tree lights like, you yeah. know, if you take your kids for the ride like, you know, OK, well, you know you, you may find that really cool. And I, you know, I have young grandkids now to take them on a ride through that. That's exciting. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so, so how do you measure the value of that memory and that experience for them against the electricity consumption? I, I'm not capable of that. Um, And as you said, do we, do any of us need hot water for our shower? Nope. Nope. We're, We're all perfectly fine without it. Right. Yeah. In fact, you could probably even argue there's health benefits of taking that cold shower. Uh-huh. But but um, you know, if if you're willing to say that that not using the electricity to do that or energy, some of them are gas eaters, but but not using that energy to do that is the best thing because it stops global warming or it does whatever. Um, you know, I guess good luck to you. But, we're you, you know, me and that person are never going to agree.
0: And where does it stop? You know, like you mentioned, you know, prioritizing energy towards, you know, nursing homes and stuff. So what when if the government can dictate what you plug it, what you plug into a wall, um, then they could come and say, hey, I know your parents are using that life support, but we got to pull the plug. Yeah. And that's a really grim example, but, you know, I don't think you and I are under any delusions that the government gives a crap about us in the no. general population.
1: No. no, I don't think they give a crap about global warming. I'm not going to argue no. with somebody about, you know, we're going. To... I think what they what they want is control Yep, and that these are mechanisms for control. And by the way, it extends. So so the other thing is so we talked about the outlet. There's a second piece. Which is um a Bitcoin mining uh system server is just a computer running software. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is gonna dictate what software you can run on your computer, that a proof-of-work software running, you know, the the algorithm we use is not appropriate, but the software managing a um a proof of stake validator is okay, then is PowerPoint okay, but but Excel isn't. Is the video editing software not okay, but the, you know, um, whatever you know, <laughs> whatever notepad is, It doesn't matter. but but I mean, I, I think it's it, it gets into things that just cost way, way into our personal, Personal liberties, and and governments. You go to the Patriot Act. You go to you know, I mean, the Patriot Act temporary, but most of the most of the measures of the Patriot Act are still in place. You look at um, the Bank Secrecy Act of 1970, which, mm-hmm. for instance, it's the reason that there's ten thousand dollar limits on cash withdrawals, and but not not that you can't do it, but you have to report and have all this record keeping. Um, haven't changed that number in 52 years. Um, you know, um, Nixon, when he took us off the gold standard, was supposed to be temporary. <laughs> if you read his speech, that was a temporary measure.
0: Temporarily suspend suspend the convertibility of the dollar. Yes,
1: in the gold. Correct. And nothing. Yeah. I
0: mean, the one of the best lines is nothing is so permanent as a temporary government measure.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's yeah.
0: You know I mean aye, aye, aye. yeah uh, anyway. i am
1: by the way i'm i I am writing an article um I'm not done with it yet, I'm not exactly sure when I'll finish, but on this very topic that i for me um this is this is the top of my list of 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 uh I don't know, if like a better it, you know issues affecting bitcoin. I'm I'm more afraid of this than I am of anything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm putting putting I'm your your
0: energy for yeah, for my energy,
1: energy and you know, my whatever you call it, my evangelism, my my whatever, you know, to fight these people because I I do not trust any of them. I don't think they're doing it for the right reasons. And I think yeah. that I think that again, getting drawn into it, when I see it, I see people get into those arguments of well, no, Bitcoin's actually good for the environment, and no, Bitcoin helps stabilize the grid, and no, Bitcoin uh, proof of work is way better than proof of stake. They're all true statements, by the way. I'm mm-hmm. not telling people they shouldn't know that, but those are the secondary arguments. You know,
0: yeah, go, that's the next. That's pushing the. That's letting them bring the fight to you.
1: Exactly.
0: It's exactly. it's much better to. It's it's much better to pick the time and place than for it to just show up on your doorstep. Yep. Um, Well, hopefully, it continues to stay free. I don't doubt that they're as they as this goes on, they'll kick and scream and make it a mess and try and um, they're like children. Like they just if they can't get their way, they just flip out, lose their mind um you know children are better behaved <laughs> uh than than that <laughs> yeah well said yeah uh well i'm curious i wanted to ask you about so like we kind of talked about it but like will hash rate meet the price cuz or and how much does that dictate where the price bottom is because when i bought my miner uh it was Gonna uh, at 11 cents a kilowatt, it was gonna make a profit of like $270 a month. Um, currently, I think last month it made a profit of like 20 bucks. Um, so you know, we're getting close to that, that number. Um, and now at the same time, you know, I'm a hodler, so I'm not converting it into cash. Um, yeah. so it's just kind of opened some theories in my, or maybe let me experience theories firsthand where I'm like, you know, if you're hodling, then this should actually drive the price up And miners selling coins at the top might actually do the opposite. So it like sets the bottom. Maybe it sets the top too. Cause you're like, Hey, we were, you know, we have some huge, you know, expenses to pay off. I don't know. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, interestingly, I think, um, We talk about the public miners for a minute, not all of them, but, but some of them were forced to sell at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, I'm not being critical of anybody, like I said, but I, you know, it's always been a concern of mine that this would happen Mm -hmm. because in, 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 in June, it was core that had roughly 8,000 Bitcoin coming into the month and left the month with a thousand. And I'm not saying specific to core. We'll just say this in general. Some of the some of the mining companies have um, they've leveraged their their mining equipment for loans. Mm. So it has somewhat of the same effect as people that have bought Bitcoin on margin. You know, um, yeah,
0: those loans need
1: serviced. Those loans need to be serviced, and so if if the let's say they bought mining equipment using leverage last fall, early winter when prices were very high, um, then you know, and maybe they got a fifty percent loan to value ratio, Mm -hmm. thirty percent loan to value ratio, you know, that that they had on it, but then. Um, you know, we go from sixty thousand to twenty thousand, and they've lost. You know, and the 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 mining equipment fell at least in parallel with it. Well, um, they got a big problem, right? You know, mm-hmm. now they don't have enough um, enough money. That loan to value ratio. Some of them also had made. Commitments, long-term commitments to buy mining equipment back in those time frames and locked in prices. Nor- and normally they're buying way less than the, than the plebs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that may have shifted a little bit here where they were on a long-term contract, something they locked into. And they have to buy X number every month, right? They're coming by contract. And they and were they thinking that the price was going to keep pumping, so they, yeah, they're getting a discount. Yeah, and now, you know, that bill is coming. Now they're not really getting positive returns on their mining revenue, and you know, they do what everybody anybody else did. Well, you got a sick, you know, I, I'm not it's just the way that fine. they're organized. Um, and and if what they haven't done in terms of treasury management, have done things like, you know, bought some. Um, uh, puts you know got some puts or you know got some downside hedging, mm-hmm. um which you know I, to to my knowledge few of them have done. But anyway, that's the, the the bottom line is is they have to pay right you know, and so you end up with a a group like Core, which I'm sure didn't want to sell seven thousand Bitcoin, but had to sell seven thousand Bitcoin, and you know, happening in parallel with Luna and Celsius and Voyager. And now we know Tesla's out there. All yeah. that shit is happening, <laughs> you know, simultaneously. And it just, um, you know, it's hard, you know, I we're not a, a huge miner. Um, we're, we're pretty, you know, uh, we're bigger than, I would say, you know, we're bigger than small, but we're, we're definitely not big enough to be big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, but it you know, you know, same as anybody else, our revenues are down. Um, we're keeping our head above water, we're still profitable, but dramatic change. Oh you know, yeah, in in our in our situation. And we have bills to pay, you know. We've 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 had to sell a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. didn't want to, but we've had to sell a little bit. Um, however, there's opportunity too. Um that these prices being down on the mining equipment are an opportunity. So if you can, if you can come up with the cash, what a great time to buy.
0: Oh, I know. I know. That's, you know, that's something we've talked about We're like, Hey, this is a great time to go out there and pitch around and say, Hey, uh, yeah, if you want to put um, some money to Bitcoin mining, this is probably the time to do it. Um, cause I mean, when I bought my What's Miner, I think I got it for 8800 mm-hmm. And that was with, that was through Kaboom Racks. And it, like, they're relatively, I mean, it's not a huge discount, but they're relatively just, like, slightly cheaper than what you could find if you're just Googling around. Um, but I remember, I think they were going for, like, 9500 at the time. Um, you know, what, last December, November, they were probably closer to 15000 right? Like yeah. a hundred tera hash machine was probably like thirteen, fourteen grand. Now you can get it for like five grand,
1: probably even less. Yeah.
0: And so it's just it, I want. I'm curious. I mean, it works for me because I bought it with Bitcoin. So like, I look at it as I was like, oh, like it actually, I got a better deal because yeah. I would have had to sell more Bitcoin now than I did. up at the higher price um but you know whenever you have expenses in fiat um and every you know not everything's in bitcoin that that could be a problem um yeah and uh yeah i I could see that i mean right now it feels like uh like mining feels like i was like oh i just bought a really expensive dca machine like uh, like oh it's my dollar cost average you know yeah. With like a 20% discount or something like that, which still is good. Um yeah. you know, granted it feels like it's a lot further off um of a ROI, but I'm not you know yeah. as concerned with that. I I knew I was getting into and and I also know like you know we're what year and a half or like 18 19 months yeah. away from the having you know, so uh, it's like, hurry up and stack as much as you can now, because look out. Um, yeah. uh, have you guys noticed how exchanges are going insolvent and they're losing keys left and right? I've noticed. And that's why I have a Bitbox 02 hardware wallet. And that's why I recommend that you get a Bitbox 02 hardware wallet. And that's why I think a Bitcoin only wallet is the way to go. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off and you can get yourself a BitBox O2 Hardware wallet. Yeah, a lot of Bs. So I'm just going to keep that in there because I do these naturally. Um, get a BitBox O2 Hardware wallet. It is easy to use. I mean, it's a touch screen. It's about the size of a thumb drive. There's a touch screen on it. Very easy to use. Secure your own keys. If I can do it, Anyone can, and as Luke always says, it's sleek and sexy. So you'll like it, you'll be happy you bought it, and it'll be the best way to give yourself peace of mind when you go to bed at night, knowing that your keys are secure and in one place and not being rehypothecated by the exchanges. So get a Bitbox02 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off. Do you have any, any tips for home miners first time home miners that you know when they're getting into it cuz i've tried to relay, relay some but i haven't done it do you have any operating at your house
1: uh not right now i don't know not of my house
0: well i guess you have two, it, access to access the better energy so
1: um yeah it 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 would be my my commercial rates are pretty good so um i've got i've said i've got a lot of miners um that that I possess, but they're running in my commercial operations. Yeah. I do have um, a little USB one um, that I I gotta fire up. Um, but advice to people: um, first, I really like the way that you thought about it. I think that's a very um, advanced thought process, um, and that's that. Hey, you acquired the equipment or let's say um i'll just use a number right it costs you 0.15 bitcoin to buy your miner okay mm-hmm. and and now um that same miner might cost uh 0.2 bitcoin therefore mm-hmm. you did better right i mean that's that's a great i think step in thinking in bitcoin instead of thinking in fiat Mm -hmm. that's a that's great way very few people would would have advanced i would say to thinking that way Mm -hmm. Uh, and and i think you know when i talk to people uh, a lot i'll say you know they're the language of money we've we're we're all monolingual you know we've been you know our native tongue is dollars i mean yeah around
0: the world they everybody just says dollars
1: it doesn't even matter what your currency is right and And they, I mean, even if they have a local currency, uh, you know, you know, my wife right there, she's Filipina. And if we're, if we're in the Philippines and um, we're walking down the street in some market and there's a a guy selling flip flops um, and it says 50 pesos, you know, I can, I can give him a dollar and he instantly knows that 50 pesos is a dollar. Like, I mean, he knows that. He knows. Yeah. and and so and he'll accept the dollar so so the the language of value and wealth in the world is dollars and so i think you know where i am i think where you are um you know those of us that have been around a while we start we start learning the second language of money and Mm -hmm. and the more like being in the mining business helps you a lot when i when i evaluate new mining opportunities i present it to investors i always present both a dollar pro forma and a bitcoin pro forma mm-hmm. and i'm trying to push them actually as much as possible to think in bitcoin terms so that's one thing so as miners think think in bitcoin as much as you can second thing um just like um when i give advice to people about buying bitcoin mm-hmm I always tell them, you know, look at a four year horizon at least, you know, lock it Mm -hmm. up for four years. I'll tell mining people exactly the same thing. Like, you, you know, you've made the commitment. If you're, if you get into it, you've made the commitment to it. Um, buy relatively recent technology. You know, you bought a, I don't know, what did you buy? An M30? M30S plus plus. Yeah. So, you know, buy. Buy technology like that, if at all possible. I mean, if all you can afford right now is an S9 and you just want to play, don't look at four years. Mm-hmm. Think of that as education. That's a that's an educational it's opportunity. It's a $300, have. $400 education machine. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's put that in that bucket. If you decide you want to be in the mining business at whatever scale, you need to buy that technology. You need to be buying those 100 terahash per second class or better products right now and look at it in a four year window. And, you know, I started in this business in 2017 and not long after we started, um, we kind of went into a two plus year winter, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I had people, uh, and we, we, we don't do as much as we used to. We still host a little bit for others, but, and that when we first started, we were primarily hosting for other people. And I had people, let's say put $50,000 in, um, let's just call it January 1 of 2018, roughly, but, but 50 grand in. And I had to do some therapy sessions and some coaching, but as we were going through 2018, 2019, um, and it was very marginal, right? Like Mm -hmm. you said, very, very similar to today. Like, and even on some months, they might say, I lost money this month. I said, no, you didn't. You're just, you just got to look at it differently, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, The people that never panicked, the people that, that stuck with it by the early part of 2022, um, so basically four year cycle, Mm -hmm. 50,000 was worth a million. The guys that, the guys that stuck with it never sold, they just paid, in my case, it's they're paying me a hosting fee. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, they, you know, but, but you know the guys that stuck with it they they twenty x their money, so I'm not telling you that that's what's gonna happen to you if you do it today, but but there's a chance and it's not a it's not like a one percent chance there's a real chance that you get that same thing,
0: yeah, and if we yeah. all know where the prices of bitcoin's gonna go eventually, you know if you look at yes. a long enough time horizon, yeah you know it's like, oh, this machine's only making me twenty bucks a month like well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, and then next thing, you know, uh, it, you're gonna, <laughs> next thing, you know, uh, you, you know, wake up one day and go, Hey honey, guess what? We're retired, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah.
1: And and you know, also don't panic because the system, the system's always kind of as a minor, the system's always supporting you a little bit mm-hmm. because if price stays down on a sustained basis. Then the hash doesn't grow, so you get more Bitcoin. So I have different pro formas, right? So when I'm looking at a business opportunity, I run several scenarios. And again, I have my own global hash rate predictor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'll say, okay, if if prices um, like a, right now, I'm looking at an October uh, startup of a of a of a new site, mm-hmm. and I have a what I would call a low pro forma where the price is in the low twenties in October. Mm -hmm. And then I look four and a half years out. That's my normal um, window for Mm -hmm. one cycle of a mining machine. And let's say I have like in that one, I have 92,000. So I think it's a very moderate, you know, we, we, we over the course of the next four and a half years exceed the previous high, but only by a little less than 50%. Right. So Mm -hmm. pretty in my mind, pretty conservative. So, no there's another scenario that that by october we've rebounded to like the low 30s and at the end of 2027 um the price is at like 262 i think is the way that model works what's interesting though is that the first and there's one in the middle the first model Generates significantly more gross Bitcoin because the the we, at that price band over that time period less hash global rate, hash yeah. rate comes in, and because every machine I own, if I run it over that time period, we'll just take it. It's not that big. Obviously, it's not that huge operation. But let's say let's say that operation in October represents one percent of the world's hash power. Well, I'm going to get one percent of the world's um, Bitcoin Bitcoin mined in that month, and then I expect it to grow, but it's going to slowly decline as time goes by, and we're going to have the having in that cycle. But at the end, in 2027, at the at the end of the cycle, when we decommission or expect to decommission the machine. the global hash rate is lower, therefore we still own a larger percentage of the world's hash rate in 2027. Hmm. But it's it's at 92,000, right? But in the second scenario, the high scenario I talked about, you know, again we start at about one percent, mm-hmm. starting point's the same. But at the end, we possess. I, I'm going off the top of my head, so, but it, I think it's something like half half as much hash as we would in the, in the first scenario, but the price is three times better. So Mm -hmm. it's still, it's still better. The high, the high scenario is still better than the low scenario, but the low scenario is not as bad as you think it is. Yeah.
0: You end up with more Bitcoin because you end up with more Bitcoin. Right. And if you're looking on the long time horizon, that's, that's always
1: better. Yeah. Yeah. So, the other thing that that I I'm working on uh, actually I got to bring a, a mathematician on staff because I've done some of this work in the past. But the other thing about Bitcoin is my models, in all honesty, like so I it's not exactly a linear growth in price and a linear growth in um, hash. I've got some variability, but it's impossible for me to predict when the downturns will be, right? So mm-hmm. we have two endpoints and there's a, a curve upon which we get to that endpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is going to be, I mean, anybody out there listening is going to know this by now, right? That let's say we start at 25,000 in October and we're marching toward, we'll just keep it simple, um, 100,000 in 2027. Well, we're not going to get there by growing whatever the math would be 1% per month to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Price is going to go up. It's going to come down. It's going to stay down there for three months. It's going to spike, may spike up to one forty. Then it'll be back here. It ends at, at hundred. That's the way it would really get there. Well, those troughs, I'm not talking about short spikes, but what I would call a trough, mm-hmm. those are great opportunities because you see, Anybody that has an inefficient operation, um, in today's world, you know, we've seen the S9s, you know, I believe largely come offline now, right? Mm-hmm. they you know, they they represent at the beginning of the year 20, 22 percent of the hash rate. I don't know the exact number, but it's probably one, two percent now. Oh, really? Um, it's really just in common. this year. Yeah. Well, wow. you can run the numbers. You can run the numbers. I mean, at at twenty-three thousand and two hundred X a hashish sort of global hash rate. They don't look so good. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> you know? No.
1: And so, you know, somebody, any, any sort of commercial operation using them, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's beyond it. As I said, you know, there's, there's probably some plebs who want some um, non KYC Bitcoin. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's the, the, essentially the, they're paying a premium for the Bitcoin. They're getting and then there's this educational thing right people that just want to learn and be part of it but yeah. i think that's i think that's the s9 ish class stuff now um so but under normal circumstances i think you you know you always have 20 to 25 percent there's always 20 to 25 percent of the hash rate that's kind of older technology at higher energy prices, right? There's always going to be. And so there's going to be
0: stuff phasing out.
1: Yeah, and and it'll flex, right? Those those machines they're off right now. If 2 weeks from like like if 2 weeks from now we rebound to let's say 35,000 as the Bitcoin price, we probably see 5-8% of the hash that was in those S9s Get turned back on. Mm-hmm. People dust them off. They put them on. Um, um, but what'll happen is the big commercial guys um, have probably started decommissioning. So if you're a commercial miner, you you start boxing those up. You're you're trying to sell them back into the market, um, and you're plugging in and and you've probably already plugged something else in right mm-hmm. now the problem with the s9s though is it you have to re reconfigure it right because the s9s like a 1000 watt uh, device and if you're going to go put an s19 or a, a you know an m30 or something like that now you're plugging in a 3000ish watt thing mm-hmm. so you know you 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 may have had to do some rewiring um change your your breakers you know do some of that sort of stuff Hence, you're not going to put the S9 back in even if you had it there. Like, yeah. you, you got something better rank in there now. So, um, yeah. So the, I, I'm probably way off on a tangent you what you even asked me. I don't know. I just ramble
0: no, no I, I, I like, here, So <laughs> I'm like just sitting here absorbing, thinking, because there, there's just so many scenarios you have to think through as a miner. And, yeah. you know, like I would look at you know the ability I'm like, oh, one of the I feel like one of the big barriers to entry is the fact that like I bought the miner and then was like, Oh, I need a new outlet to plug this in, like I don't even have an outlet that is suitable for this yeah. and right. and so i I had to do that and had to um you know pull that <laughs> pull that uh that electricity you know have them have an electrician i mean I it cost me like 400 bucks to have an electrician come in and do everything because i was like i'm not messing with that like now that i have the new outlet like my brother-in-law who is an electrical engineer he was like i don't like going into the breaker he's like but now that it's off the breaker he said i know what to do he's like so i can you know he's like i can do it you know up to code and everything like that and i was like okay good but, um, you know, if there was a way to take, I think I saw Adam O put something out where he was like, there's probably a few Bitcoin to be earned by somebody that could come up with a way to take, like, take a current S19 or something, break it down and take the boards of the ASICs and turn them into, like, machines that could just get plugged
1: into a regular outlet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... um. Uh, I think that's a lot of work i i I agree with the market need though i i i don't think anybody's going to go through that much trouble um but i i definitely agree with the market need that i think you know the market needs a home miner that can plug into a standard 110 volt outlet run off of a 10 or 15 amp circuit and not you know i I mean that there's you know that will change. That'll be a game changer mm-hmm. when that happens. I think that's best done as a ground up design um, instead of trying to shoehorn and and old products and an old product. But but I'm definitely in agreement with Adam uh, philosophically about what what needs to be done. But you know it's no different in a lot of ways. Uh, I think you know Corey. My background in the personal computer industry, and I started in that in 1986. Mm-hmm. And in 1986 we didn't necessarily have to deal with that electrical issue but you know we had to deal with all the usability issues and things like that there's a
0: huge barrier to entry for personal computers in the 80s yeah
1: yeah and so if we look at the, the ibm pc i think was in uh the very first what would be considered a true pc was introduced in 84 um and uh you know it took really the the introduction of windows 3.1 which would have been 93 I believe maybe 92 um, to to change the usability to where uh, you know it, it went from a business tool used by you know professional people very specific things we only had a handful of you know software out there that we could mm-hmm. use if you were an accountant you used like VisiCalc. um if you were uh, uh somebody in journalism or something like that you learned how to use Word perfect um yeah you know though, like that was all pre those the Microsoft suite and but but once once we had the GUI once we had things it was still still not super easy but but it, it, that changed it, right? And then Windows 95, obviously, in 1995 was the game changer. But that was an 11-year window. And I think we in the Bitcoin industry could probably expect that we're, I don't know, two, two three years away from maybe a dramatic change in, in not only the hardware construction, but you know, the setup construction and the maintenance and those sort of things, because, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be as hard as it is, but yeah. you know, they're, they're somebody putting the right time and effort, but the competitive forces haven't been there today to make that happen. We, we got two companies in reality, right? Um, yeah. one the offshoot of the other and, Ooh, um, which one's an offshoot of the other. MicroBT is an offshoot of Bitmain. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, there was a a falling out. Um, I, you know, I think it goes back to the block size wars. Period. Um, is is MicroBT
0: or is Bitmain a big block? Um,
1: uh, Bitmain.
0: Bitmain's a big block. Bitmain was the. Um, which one do you prefer out of the two?
1: um probably micro bt
0: that's what steve barber said and i that's what i bought because him yeah. him i think Adamo, Hodel tarantula they all said micro bt get a what's minor
1: yeah you know I, I think you know too we we also are the distributor for a company called bit fury which is a, a smaller player they're a large european company i mean i mentioned that to you mm-hmm. um they, they honestly, in terms of construction and reliability, um, performance and hot conditions, all those things, they're actually the best, but their energy efficiency is not nearly as good as the other two. So mm-hmm. um, there's always trade-offs. Like in their case, it, it's cheaper to buy them, lower cost of capital for the same, like to buy 100 tera terahash per second system, they're cheaper, mm-hmm. lower upfront costs. Much more reliable, much more easy to service, um, work better in hot weather, but consume more energy per terash. So, Mm. um, you know, it's it's a trade-off. I think, though, legitimate competition, which um, as Intel chips become more prevalent, very much like the PC industry, you know, that will change. Yeah, it'll change the way everybody... Yeah, because it will allow others to come in, design systems in different manners. So, for instance, like I am, um, I, I, I'm, I guess I can say I'm a professional. I, have been doing, you know, computer design since 1986. I think they're designed like crap. Um, that the that miners, the shoebox design. Um, I think they're designed. Really poor for serviceability, um, you know. These, it's just kind of classic monopoly behavior, um, from or or maybe in this case oligopoly behavior, mm-hmm. where they're really not forced. These these companies, MicroBT and and uh, uh, Bitmain and even BitFury, they've sold every single product they could produce for the last 2 years without even a worry in fact they had them all pre-sold right yeah so you know what incentive is there to make them better make them easier to use and their big customers by the way don't care about the things we're talking about like well they care about serviceability but they don't care about ease of use and configurability they have they have technicians they assembly line this stuff we even do that right you know that mm-hmm. we're big Enough to do that. Like we we get a batch in of a hundred servers or something like that. You know we we literally will put them on a on a production line. We have a little production mm-hmm. line and we'll we'll get them all configured, um, kind of in mass. and yeah. And you know we'll have we'll have qualified technicians that know what they're doing and they have very specific instructions. We know what pool we're going to register with and it's all pre done and you know boom we're in. Mm-hmm. The average guy who's buying his first one though like. It's the, you know, you've you've experienced it, yeah, right? You'd yeah. you you you'd be better off, more qualified to talk about that than me. It's not, it's not unachievable, but it's a pain in the ass. And, and um, you know, I know plenty of people who spend days trying to figure it out to get yeah. it running the first time. Oh, and then once you do get it running, it's like,
0: you're like, whoa, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. The reality of that. yeah Yeah. you had to get used to that sound it like stressed me out for like 48 hours i was just like i was like i can't can't keep this thing on if it's gonna keep me this stressed and then i i got used to it and and then we put it i actually have i keep it in low power mode right now i'm trying to test to see if it's more profitable that way i
1: think it actually might be um so it's just certainly in a I remember right. Yours are in your basement. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. Especially at this time of year. um, Probably, probably not a bad decision.
0: No. And I'm, I'm going to put them, do you have advice on, uh, you might not have any HVAC advice, but I'm going to put them into my HVAC system for the winter. You want to
1: recirculate, you want to recirculate that?
0: Yeah. So I'm thinking I was, gonna just like after the blower i was gonna just cut it in there but steve barber was like uh like you'll be fighting uh, air pressure he said you probably want to cut it in before the the blower
1: yeah yeah i'm not mr hvac i'm just speaking as a engineer thinking about that i think steve would be right and uh, in that area i would defer to steve i'm i'm an electrical engineer uh computer science guy and steve's a mechanical guy yeah so he's a mechanical I guy would, you know and and uh he's he's a friend and a good dude so i i and he builds the enclosures and all that so um, yeah i i would take his advice for sure but that that's what makes sense to me to put it put it on the other side is of that the because
0: is that because if you have it on the side where the air is going out to the house it could a hole could like cause like air to be pushing against like the air would be like essentially trying to shoot out the hole that you're trying to shoot air in?
1: Um. Well, you're, you're fighting the pressure. Yeah. So you're, you're
0: okay. Yeah. To... The, yeah. That's why, yeah. That's why I mean, basically like you'd have, yeah. you'd have the air from your miner trying to go in, but you'd have air from the furnace shooting against it.
1: Yeah. And you're, yeah. I mean, if you think about it um, as water, it might be easier to even basically uh... be the same thing. Just, and so like where so i i'm going to where is their lower in pressure the side right where's their lower pressure you want to be you know lower pressure
0: okay so, yeah know? i think he um i'm i'm getting i have a a a black box coming in
1: oh great
0: um he said they're mainly for outside but um you know i'm i'm going to i'm going to put it in my basement for the time being yep just for noise mitigation um and then uh, and then like out where the air comes out the bottom, I think I'm just going to duct that over to the, uh, duct before it goes to the blower. Um, yeah. and I told my wife, I said, this, like, this could severely, <laughs> this could significantly, uh, bring our, uh, bring our heating bill down because yeah. like just from the one I'm like, when I initially turned it on, I'm like, I don't know how one of these can't heat an entire house.
1: Like, um, we put two, on. I don't, I don't know exactly how big your house is and how far you're trying to, or or how much air you're trying to trying to uh, move, but it could. And you know, that, that was, um, it, kind of bring it back to Bitcoin a little bit too. You know, Satoshi, his original vision, there's a couple interesting things I've studied this. Satoshi's original vision, he, he really never uses the word "miner," by the way. Yeah, what does and, he call it? Cause it proof of worker. Yeah. And his concept um, his concept that, that's the term he used, and a proof of worker, the, the machine or, and/ or the person, you know, his vision was people people had them in their houses, it replaced you know he the term he used was baseboard heat, like mm-hmm. he talked about baseboard heat, like replacing baseboard heat, which is kind of an interesting thing because it's not not as common in the U.S. Um, or more of a Europe. I don't know if that was a yeah a sleight of hand by him or yeah or, or, try or, to like throw people off the scent. Yeah, but um, but it was also the minor what we would call the minor and the node were one unit, um, mm. typically. So he 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 assumed basically you know every miner was a node and every node was a miner um, is the way it was typically mm-hmm. the way he typically referred to it. so I think his vision I think he knew if you read some of it, I think he envisioned that you know these data centers could come up, but I think he viewed the network primarily being tens of thousands and millions of Individuals running these things in their house, and then you know, back to your point, heating their they house w- so. they would do it also because of you know this benefit that they could justify, um, they could justify doing it because they were saving this money on heating too. Hmm. Interesting. It's a it's a fascinating
0: topic. I mean, it's yeah. just it's like the rabbit hole within the rabbit hole. Like, oh, you yeah. know, you go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and then you're like, Ooh, there's this other one over here. Let me check that <laughs> out. It can't be that deep. Uh-huh. And then you're like, well, uh-huh. I've tripped all the way down. Um, well, Bob, I could keep going. I, I, but we'll have to do this again. I know we've done it before, before multiple times, but, um, uh you know i know that the audience really appreciates the uh the bitcoin mining insight and like i've said before as soon as i said hey i'm getting into bitcoin mining and i'm going to talk about it more on the podcast i had hundreds of messages of people saying hey i'm really eager to hear you know i want to like you know i'm thinking about it myself you know Mm -hmm. so it's if this if this bumbling idiot here can get to walk him, stumble his way through it, then everybody can do it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, where where can people uh, you know learn more about what you're doing and what your company's doing? And um, uh, they can it? learn
1: about um, the company uh, Barefoot Mining at barefootmining.com. Um, there's a Twitter account uh, at Barefoot Mining, uh, which is the company account. My personal account is Boomer underscore BTC on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, look, look us up there and, 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 uh, you know, if I can help somebody out there a little bit, you know, my, my DMS are open. I, I do my best to help people if I can. Um,
0: yeah. So, uh, Ignore all the, how's your trade goings and you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Well. apparently a whole bunch of people want my help with, um, USDT right now. Yeah. I've that, noticed
0: that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of college kids. That yeah, need, you know, money yeah. for the funniest comment was somebody tweeted and said, "I I've seen a lot of the people that look like they're in our DMs uh, at the conference. Maybe they're all real." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, ironically, you can't see my my wife is Asian, so um you know it it is kind of a funny thing that of of all things, like
0: that should be know, the I, joke that that's how I'm you married better.
1: to a hot Asian lady. So um, <laughs> I'm already <laughs> blessed that way. So. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Uh, Bob, well, thanks so much for coming on and I look forward to doing it again.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kari. Good to see you.
0: Thanks again to Bob for coming on and thanks again to the Bitbox02 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. I will talk to you guys next time.